The Daily Ding is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. You know, I love going to basketball games, but what I really love is catching a great show like FKA Twigs, who's coming to town. Game time is the best way to get tickets for everything from sporting events to going to see FKA Twigs. With game time, you can just buy your tickets in just two taps. You know what I wish I could do in just two taps? Clean my house. Maybe I need a Roomba. Maybe I just need to try a little bit harder. But two taps, house is clean, watch sports all day. But until then, I've got game time. The game time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So download the game time app in the Google Play Store or the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. Rockets 11-4 run. Last two and a half minutes. Reverse flush and (laughs) ain't that a smooth one. This is how it goes. When I hoop, I have no friends. Or Tyler know his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his last. How dare you? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday morning. We have got all your action from a Tuesday night in the NBA here for you. I am Jared Weiss. I am joined by the athletic Sixers star Eden Liu. And with Rob Lopez out shoveling snow, we got some good stuff coming for you. First up on today's Daily Ding, Jimmy Butler takes over overtime. LeBron James went to Mile High City and things are not looking great for Andre Roberson. But before all of that, we had a double over. Overtime epic in San Antonio. The Spurs beat the Rockets 135 to 133 on the angelic wings of DeMar DeRozan, taking a charge of James Harden to win the game. Eden, this game was epic in every single way imaginable. Such a wild game. And I have to admit that I thought the game was over by the third quarter, and it was not. I thought it was too. And then we have this like kind of out of nowhere. It was like a shooting star comes into view. And is that Lonnie Walker? Yeah. Who what has was not the name of that shooting star? Lonnie Walker Lonnie, the fourth? The fourth. This is the fourth time that we have had a Lonnie Walker come into our lives and change everything because this game should have been over. It was about a 14, 15 point lead for Houston. Really as, as recent as like halfway through the fourth. And then Walker just starts exploding in transition, shutting down. James Harden in ISO situations is doing an incredible job in this game, but he had so many big threes at the end of this game. And every time San Antonio was struggling to find a basket, he would force a turnover, get out in transition, get it to the rim or hit a big three. And he just kept breathing life into them. And so even though it looked like this game was probably going to be over with a couple minutes left, he somehow was able to chip all the way back in. Yeah, it was incredible to watch just because you could see how much trouble he was giving Harden in almost every possession. It was pretty phenomenal, just his his shots. I kept expecting them to brick and they just kept going in. And then by the end, I kept expecting them to go in and they kept going in. And it was just really fun to watch. And it continued into OT, too. Yeah, so this game was really defined by Walker shutting down Harden in isolation with all those, you know, 
15 crossover to pull up shots. Walker was smothering him on that. And then when Walker would have to funnel Harden into help defense, Yaka Pertle step up, stepped up. He must have had at least seven stops at the rim in the you know the final 15 minutes of this game. And somehow James Harden still became the third player ever to follow a 60 point game up with a 50 point game. So the numbers were still staggering for him. It was his 74th game with 40 points and five assists per basketball reference only michael jordan is ahead of him on that list with 96 so somehow even though harden is getting shut down he's still putting up these epic numbers he was held to 11 made field goals on 38 attempts that's not very efficient at all i mean how would you even get to 50 points shooting that terrible but it's because he's great at getting to the line almost too good at getting to the line Um, I think one of my beefs with watching Harden was at the end of the second overtime, it was uh, the last play when he was just seeming to try to draw a a foul instead of actually just trying to score. I don't know if you felt this way when you watch him. Yeah, I mean, that that drives everybody insane. And I mean, to his credit, he went 24 from uh, 24, 424 from the line, uh, 50 points, nine rebounds, six assists. It's like all the numbers are ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, there was that the play where DeRozan took the charge. DeJounte Murray is literally running away from Harden with his hands up, kind of running like straight ahead. Harden is trying to throw his body into Murray to try to draw the foul. He ends up colliding into DeRozan, who's sitting there. And I'm watching this on the Rockets broadcast, and the Rockets are like, DeRozan was moving. Murray might have fouled him there. And it's really, it's just, it is emblematic of the way that Harden plays the game, where Harden is seeking contact to a ridiculous degree. But also, part of it is just that he is willing to throw himself into any situation and try to barrel his way through it and i you know it, it is really irritating but i don't really think he pushes the rules past their boundaries i agree it's it's not always the most fun to watch but it works and they get wins so well they didn't win tonight except but, for this one yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but they might- get wins so it's it's hard to argue that it's that he should stop because it's working Yeah, well, part of that might be the fact that he and Russ combined for 18 for 68 from the field in this one. Uh, I mean, Houston had 112 field goal attempts, which was the most in the NBA this year. And you know what? The it's so ironic that you have that happening at the same time where right next to them on the box scores, Clint Capella, who had his eighth straight 19 rebound game, an NBA record and had 22 points and 21 rebounds on nine for nine field goal attempts. Only Will Chamberlain and Dikembe Mutombo have ever had a 2020 game without a miss. So we have the paradigm of efficiency right next to the whatever the opposite of paradigm is, the monstrosity of efficiency, I guess. Great juxtaposition. In the fourth, I actually thought Capella was going to be able to keep the Spurs from keeping up like Capella alone, but the Spurs still managed to, to catch up. And shout out, shout out to Mar DeRozan for some just hideous, hideous isolation ball that still somehow managed to win them the game. And that guy hit the deck so many times to close that out. Um, but we got to finish up with the big scandal from this game, which was Dunkgate. James Harden earlier in the game dunked the ball so hard, the ball whipped back around outside of the cylinder and then went up over the cylinder a second time. And somehow the refs didn't call it a basket. And because of some 
ridiculous technicality explanation that they had where they were saying that there was like a 30 second limitation for a challenge by Houston. They weren't able to review the call, which I still do not believe is the correct interpretation. And um, they said it was too late later on to be able to correct it. So did Houston get screwed over losing this game i mean going to overtime in the first place because of this dunk gate thing do you think that this screwed the game over for houston oh absolutely because not even those two missed points but that was the turning point like that was about when lonnie walker's energy supercharged and started hitting all of those threes and shutting Harden down extra hard i think that was really the turning point for the game so that was absolutely where the rockets lost Ever wonder how to get the hottest new sneakers, the one that barely hits the shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Looking to add the supreme Nike Air Max 95s or South Beach LeBrons to your rotation? Maybe you're feeling nostalgic for a pair of Galaxy foam posits. You can find it all and more on StockX, sometimes for even prices lower than retail. With StockX, there's no hassle. StockX handles the exchange of every transaction so you never have to worry about legit buyers or sellers. StockX has you covered. StockX ensures authenticity. Every item bought or sold on StockX is carefully inspected by hand to ensure it's 100% legit. Their experts go above and beyond to make sure you never get burned by fake. StockX has removed all of the risk from buying and selling online. Now you can get the hottest, hardest to find kicks without having to deal with a random buyer or seller ever again. StockX also allows users to buy and sell pre-owned, excellent condition luxury handbags and watches from brands like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, Rolex, Omega, Tudor, and more. Want in on all the hype? Check out StockX.com slash bball for a surprise offer that won't be around long. That's StockX.com slash bball. B-B-A-L-L. Check it out today. Let's head up to Toronto where the Heat won 121 to 110 in overtime. Goran Dragic was out. Dion Waiters was back on the bench on playing uh jimmy butler wins this one for miami by hitting a floater from three to start off the overtime then exploding for a steal about five seconds later blew it open right out the gate of overtime he ended up outscoring the raptors pretty much the entire time in overtime he finished with 22 points 13 rebounds and 12 assists bam Adebayo had a huge game really shutting down pascal siakam for the most part in this game who shot five for 14 and duncan robinson made it rain but this was also kyle lowry's return game who missed a month comes back and goes 0 for 11 from three but eden why should i not care about that yeah so lowry did not have an impressing shooting game at all but i give lowry full credit for getting the raptors back into the game in the fourth quarter in the last five minutes of regulation lowry scored or assisted on all of the raptors points except for one free throw by fred van vliet he went six for six from the free throw line in the fourth quarter with four of those coming in those last five minutes when they were making their run i think those last five minutes of regulation are such a good representation of what lowry brings to the raptors because he's reliable he makes smart plays he knew his shot wasn't falling tonight he shot two for 18 zero of 11 from three like you mentioned so he focused on driving to the basket and drawing fouls because he knew the game was well within reach and that was the way to get them to overtime unfortunately those last five minutes also seemed to take a lot out of the raptors because they had no match for overtime jimmy butler but with lowry back now i think he he drives the offense and he keeps cool and controlled under pressure 
So that's going to be huge for the Raptors moving forward. Yeah, I mean, what you got to love about Lowry is he's one of those players that the box score just so rarely seems to line up with the eye test as far as how he's performing. Um, and of course, he had, was it 11 assists in this game and six rebounds? Um, one yeah, steal, so, one block, yeah. Yeah, he gives you a little bit of everything. I mean, he had two offensive rebounds at the point. It's like he, he gives you a little bit of everything. Um, you know, on the other end, they had Kendrick Nunn, who just came off of a rookie of the month announcement earlier that morning, he went 0 for 9 from 3. So they combined for 0 for 20 from 3. So that kind of balanced each other out. Uh, but I mean, this game was really defined, I think, by two things. You had Duncan Robinson really sniping from deep, as well as Kelly Olenek. He had a good shooting night as well. Um, you know, it just Miami seems to always have enough guys really hitting their shots from deep that they're able to complement what Jimmy Butler and Bam are doing, attacking down the middle. And they just really had that tonight. And Butler, he just he decides when he wants to take over a game. And it was just that game ended as soon as he exploded in overtime. Yeah, I think the Heat is interesting because of their young role players like Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, all in their first two years of playing in the NBA. Um, And it's like you said, someone different shows up every night. You never know exactly who it's going to be, but someone does. And it's working for them. I mean, I think now they're tied for the two seed with the Raptors. That's right. So, yeah. So it's crazy is the East is pretty tight here. I mean, Milwaukee sells a little bit of space, but then Boston is half a game back. Philadelphia is half a game back of these two. What was so crazy is that Milwaukee had one road or one home loss. And then the rest of the top five of the East had no home losses coming into this game. And then Toronto got beat by Miami at home. Miami was also the team that beat Milwaukee. So right now, I believe the top five teams in the East are 43 and two at home, which goes to show that fight for the fourth seed is going to be pretty vital because all these teams are probably going to be neck and neck. And one of them is going to be severely disadvantaged if they don't get that home court advantage. Yeah, the Eastern Conference, the top four in the Eastern Conference are definitely very interesting and like actual strong teams. For so long, the Eastern Conference was the weak conference where only one or two teams maybe mattered because they ha- someone has to get to the Eastern Conference finals. But now it's actually they're fun teams to watch and they're playing a lot of fun basketball. Well, the balance of power will always be where Norm Powell is, and he had 23 points in this one. Let's head up to altitude in Denver where the Lakers beat the Nuggets 105 to 96. It was a very pissy and annoyed game as both sides were super chippy and physical, but there were dunks everywhere in this one. We had LeBron and AD who had the flu both going nine for 18 from the field in 36 and a half minutes for 25 points apiece in this one. Uh, Dwight Howard had 13 points coming off of the bench and there were lots and lots of alley-oops on both sides tonight. Eden, what did you see in this game? I saw a Lakers team that never let the Nuggets really come close enough to actually take the lead. Um, There was a point in the third quarter when the Nuggets were playing pretty patiently to get good quality shots to tie the game at 64-64. But the Lakers just destroyed their spirit. And LeBron James just 
would not let them complete a comeback story. Yeah. I mean, LeBron, like, I mean, this is just classic LeBron here, but just so many times where they're trying to load up on him uh, on the perimeter on offense and he just breaks through, gets to the rim. No matter what they do, they try taking charges. He steps around it, finishes with the left. He just was able to find his way. Every time they would load up on him coming in the lane, he would just flip it to the guy rolling, whether it was AD uh, or getting it to Dwight or JaVale. I mean, he was just so effective tonight in finding different ways to be able to kind of pick them apart. Uh, but then on the Denver side, you know, they have that guy in Jokic that's supposed to be able to do that, too. And I'm getting a lot of you know late Mickey work vibes from this guy. He just looks he just looks like he can't keep up right now. It's it's rough watching him because compared to past years, he just seems so sluggish. And I know that it seems to be a point that everyone is harping on, but he's something seems off. He doesn't seem to be himself he had five turnovers tonight which is out of character for him he was four for 12 um from the field which is also out of character for him we don't know what's wrong with Nikola Jokic is it just need him needing more time to get back into playing shape and how long is that going to take I mean as long as it happens by April I guess it doesn't matter because this team is they're still towards the top of the conference and Paul Millsap continues to play well he had 21 points on 8 for 14 shooting had a great night on the glass he it's funny he only had 8 rebounds but it felt like he was super impactful on the glass and then Jamal Murray had a pretty nice night he had 22 on 8 for 17 shooting didn't hit any threes but I thought that he was doing a pretty nice job trying to find different little angles to get his kind of fadeaway mid-range floater game going that's pretty that was pretty solid tonight um you know and they just did not shoot well enough from deep to have a chance in this one like they shot six for 29 and against the lakers and the way that they're defending right now you're gonna have to hit enough of your threes to be able to really take them down uh but this was just like a two average performances by two of the best teams in the in the western conference Clickety-clack, let's get to some news here. The rookies of the month for the NBA are John Morant and Kendrick Nunn. What are you thinking? I think John Morant is great, but Kendrick Nunn, I think, maybe spoke a little bit too soon to our guy Shams because ever since he boasted that he was going to be rookie of the year, his scoring, his shooting, and all of his numbers have dipped, and he has not had a very good games in the last couple of weeks. Well, the funny thing is Zion, we don't know when he's coming back, so at least he doesn't have to compete with him. So we'll see what happens there. That'll be interesting. But Giannis and Luca were the players of the month. The first time two international players have won the NBA Player of the Month award in both conferences. Thomas Bryan is out for three weeks with a stress reaction in his right foot. Darren Fox, really disappointed in this one, is going to miss an additional two to three weeks with an ankle sprain. The Kings are four and five without Fox so far also speaking of star point guards Kyrie Irving is going to miss at least two more games as he slowly recovers from a right shoulder impingement and speaking of non-star point guards I think they are star point guards Reggie Jackson has missed 19 straight games due to a stress reaction in his lower back but there is some encouraging news according to Dwayne Casey because he will be reevaluated in two weeks and speaking of week to week Grizzlies rookie Brandon Clark is going to be out week to week because of an injury to his oblique and he joins John Morant on the week to week injury watch in Memphis and actually we forgot about Marcus Smart who took a shoulder to the stomach and is doubtful for Wednesday uh, against Miami with an abdomen contusion is what they're calling it. Uh, but unfortunately on the day before his birthday, the Thunder announced that 
Andre Roberson will return to Los Angeles to continue his injury rehab for a quote-unquote change of scenery. There is no timetable for a return from his knee ailments that include a torn patellar tendon and an avulsion fracture in that same left knee. He's in a contract year, but the 28-year-old has not played since January 2018. Eden, it doesn't sound very good for his chances to return to the league at this point. Yeah, not at all. And since the Thunder aren't exactly in a hurry to make any moves this season, I, I don't really see where he plays into all of it, if I'm being honest. And that's too bad for him because he was a really good defensive player. Yeah, it sounds like he's a $10 million trade exception at this point, and anyone that's looking to pick him up probably is not going to be resigning him next year. But at least they have some flexibility to try to make some more moves here as they figure out what the next step for their team is. All right, let's go around the rest of the league for these games. The Pistons beats the Cavs 127 to 94 in Cleveland for their first winning streak of the year. Blake Griffin at 24 points. Andre Drummond 17 to 14 per usual. Almost had a five by five. Really almost had a six by five if you include those three turnovers. And the Pistons had four bench players in double figures led by Svi, our old friend Svi at 15 points in this one. On the other side, Colin Sexton at 22. Kevin Porter Jr., a.k.a. J.R. Smith III at 12 points and seven rebounds and another double double for double t cleveland did not shoot a free throw until the 229 mark of the second quarter in this game going down to washington the magic win 127 to 120 over the wizards the wizards were without thomas bryant mo wagner cj miles jan mahinmi while the magic were without alfruk aminu but that didn't matter because evan fournier made a rain from deep he had 31 points on six free shooting from downtown in this one and then Markel Fultz and DJ Augustine both had big ones, 24 points and six rebounds for DJ coming off the bench. But Markel Fultz as a starting point guard had 20 points, a career high for him. Six assists, two steals and four turnovers. The Fultz resurrection continues and Bradley Beal continues to put up insane numbers. He had 42 points in this game, ties Gilbert Arenas for the fourth most games with 20 plus points in franchise history. Dalvis Bertans, let's never forget about him. He had 21 points on four for 12 shooting from deep. It is fun to watch Dalvis Bertans launch threes like crazy in Washington. Heading down to New Orleans, the Mavs took down the Pelicans 118 to 97. Luka Doncic with a pedestrian 33 points and 18 rebounds, which is a career high. All that in only 28 minutes. It is insane what he is doing. Doing. Seth Curry had 19 points on five for seven shooting from downtown, which helps because Chris Ops only had seven points in this game. On the other side, Brandon Ingram. 24 points and six assists per usual. Drew Holiday with a solid 18. And then Lonzo Ball only had six points on two for 10 shooting from deep. Eden, what do you think about Lonzo Ball shooting two for 10 in this one? Lonzo Ball, what are we going to do about his shooting? I don't know, because he's, he won't stop taking shots either. He he never stops shooting, which that's a good or bad thing, depending on how you look at it. But it's it's just brick after brick. He was two for 12 from the field and two for 10 from three point. Um, I don't know what we're going to do about Lonzo Ball. This was not a particularly good showing by him. Um, and looks like Drew Holiday spent all of his energy on defending Luca because he didn't have a particularly good game for the Pelicans either. But the Pelicans were definitely missing Derek Favors, who is sort of the fulcrum of the defense. Um, Drew, Drew Holiday is our one-on-one -on -one defense guy, but Favors really anchors it. So we weren't able to defend against Luca. 
even with Kristaps Porzingis shooting two for 11 and only scoring seven points. Yeah, I mean, Jackson Hayes will be good a couple of years from now, but he's not at that level the way that Favors is. And speaking of not being at that level, Carmelo Anthony, the player of the week in the Western Conference, tried to lead the Blazers into La La Land. It got stopped by the Clippers, 117 to 97. Melo only had nine points and six rebounds in this one after averaging over 20 last week. But Montrez Harrell, 26 points, nine rebounds, just flying through the air. It, I don't understand how he does what he does, but it is spectacular. Paul George at 25 points cj on the other side at 20 points but patrick patterson back from the dead at 19 points and eight rebounds in this game and he led them to the win so let's go in to lines of the night luka Doncic at 33 points a nine for 18 shooting and 18 boards five times and four tos of course in 28 minutes bradley beal with 42 points and six boards and that one jimmy butler with his triple double 22 points 13 boards 12 assists and zero fouls in 41 minutes but eden how about our last line tonight james harden with 50 points nine rebounds six assists and one fake dunk we have to give it to harden don't we so should we give him 52 points then? I think we give him 52 points. Right, I don't care. Okay. I don't care what the officials say. That's right. We're breaking the rules here. He gets the line of the night and that is going to do it for today's show. So do not forget about the other basketball shows across the athletic podcast network, because we still have your favorite shows like back to back, no dogs, tampering house of Strauss, the daily ding plus over a dozen team specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. And by the way, don't forget to follow up on the app because you can get notifications for new episodes right there. It makes your life super easy. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic writing across all major sports, all for a super low price by getting 40% off your subscription today at theathletic.com slash dings. You never know when the promos are going to end, so get there soon. Thank you for waking up with us. Eden, take me out of here before my voice completely dies. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.